Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of March 31st through April 2nd, 2023. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. March Madness for the movies has come to a close this past week since we had Dungeons & Dragons debut to better than expected results somewhat, though will it be enough? Let's hop into the numbers and find out. In first place, Dungeons & Dragons made $37.2 million in 3,855 theaters for a per theater average of $9,651. Overseas made another $32.8 million for a total of $70 million all told for the weekend. That pretty much fits within the $37 to $40 million domestic that Box Office Pros had forecast. Unfortunately, this is not the overperformance we were hoping for. It did get good reviews. A- on cinema score, 91% critics, 93% audience Rotten Tomatoes. Despite that, though, it was not able to break the $10,000 per theater average and actually dropped day over day over the weekend. So what's the deal here? Well, for one, despite having the premium formats this time around, much like Dune, another nerdy film made had made about 40 million opening weekend, only about 26% of people actually saw it in the large format screens, as opposed to say the 58% for Dune. A lot of people have pointed out pointed to subpar marketing early on, which led to some uh, to kill some early interest. And then while D and D is a bit more accepted now in the mainstream than it used to be, it still is ultimately a swords and sorcery genre film that has, and that genre has struggled to really do well at the box office historically. Ultimately, though, I think the perceived shortcomings of this opening can stem from two things: budget and timing. Budget, because holy beholder had Madman, this one had a $150 million price tag attached to it, which needs closer to something like a $50 million domestic, $100 million op- worldwide opening to break even. And it's not like China is going to be much help here, as, as the brand name of Dungeons & Dragons is really more of a Western phenomenon. Now, had this film made, made, been made for maybe $100 million instead of $150 million, this $37 million domestic total number would be more reasonable. Uh, the other issue is, of course, that the giant elephant in the Mushroom Kingdom, Mario, opens this coming weekend, or rather, the day this episode comes out for a five-day release. By coming in sandwiched between John Wick 4 and Mario, and not, not even a full week before Mario comes out, Dungeons & Dragons is in the awkward position of not really having any room to stretch its legs, especially if people are looking for a week off between those two highly anticipated films. Sir, it might play into April, you know, with a good with a good reviews, counter-programmed to Mario uh, for, against, for, for those uh, who aren't interested in John Wick 4, and and again, the strong word of mouth will help, but I think this is mostly mismanagement of the release and the budget more than anything else. That said, I don't think this is a total, total loss, at least for Hasbro, um, by way of their E1 production company. Um, they and Paramount are splitting the financing 50-50 between the two, and for Hasbro, I think they can view this as a somewhat expensive form of advertising for one of their core products, the D&D manuals and supplemental materials. That's obviously not something we're going to know how much of a success this film was for them uh, just by looking at the box office numbers. On top of that, I've seen a lot of you know cross-promotions of you know Dungeons & Dragons being used to advertise other products such as Old Spice and whatnot. And then second, you know, it also looks like they're confident enough in the franchise to have greenlit an eight-episode television series for Paramount Plus uh, earlier this year. Now, while there's certainly a debate about how profitable direct-to-streaming TV shows really are, at least for this shows confidence in the IP to continue this experiment a bit longer. As far as the hard numbers, though, um, with a 2.5x multiplier, this could put Dungeons & Dragons at $93 million total, closer to 2.75x, would put it over the $100 million mark, so we'll see if it joins that upper echelon of films this year. 
Uh, in second place, John Wick 4 dropped a steeper than expected 62% to 28.3 million in 3,855 theaters for a per theater average of 7,354 and a domestic total of 123 million. Overseas made another 121.8 million for 245 million or so worldwide. Now, this is a steeper drop than John Wick 3 second weekend, which fell only 57%. I suspect this is mostly due to the pre premium large format screens going to Dungeons and Dragons, which hurt its per theater average, not to mention the longer runtime uh, not helping out. Still, though, I did cross 100 million domestic and 200 million worldwide, um, and you know that's good. Goes to good benefits to cross, especially considering it had a 100 million dollar production budget. We'll see if we can make it to 200 million domestic and 350 million worldwide. Also, the spin-off film *Ballerina*, starring Anna de Armas, has been confirmed for June 7, 2024 release date. Uh, third place went to a Christian film about Abraham from Angel Studios, the same studios behind the Chosen television series. Uh, this film was titled His Only Son, making 5.5 million in 1920 theaters for a 2,865 per theater average. Cinema score was a 83 critics uh, and 96 audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, while this would normally just be another story of how another faith-based film does overperform, there is a bit more here. Apparently, this film was actually made for about $370,000, and then they crowdfunded $1.2 million for advertising. Uh, with the terms that crowdfunders would get 120% of their investment back. And based on those numbers, it looks like the film has actually broken even and then some. So on top of releasing uh, in this weekend before Easter, suggesting this will actually hold really well, all told this is a pretty interesting case study about you know faith-based films, but also crowdfunding films as well. Uh, fourth place went to another Paramount film this weekend, Scream 6, making $5.3 million in 3,016 theaters for a 36% drop to a 17.70 per theater average in weekend 4, coming in just shy of $100 million total with $98.2 million. Overseas, another $54 million put it at $153 million. It's getting close to $100 million. I can taste it. Uh, honestly, the more surprising thing is they haven't announced a Scream 7 yet. It's still going to be a nail-biter on whether or not it can beat Scream 1 and Scream 2 for total box office. Uh, rounding out the top five is Creed 3, dropping 39% in 2,827 theaters to 5 million for a 1771 per average and a 148.5 million total domestically, 260 million worldwide. This is despite having hit digital POVOD as per the Amazon arrangement, probably will top out at 160 million by the end of its run. Outside of the top five, we got a new opener in Sundance's Grand Jury Prize winner from the U.S. Dramatic, 1001, starring Tayana Taylor and directed by sword film director A.V. Rockwell in his directorial debut. This one was put out by Focus Features, who eschewed a more traditional platform release strategy, instead opting to put it out in 926 theaters to a 1.8 million opening and a 1939 per theater average, coming in number seven for the weekend behind Shazam at number six, which, by the way, dropped 51% in weekend three and is totaling 119 million worldwide. Back to 1001, this is a decent result, if not mind-blowing like everything everywhere was last year. Uh, reviews for 1001 were 96% critics, 84% audience, and a B-plus cinema score. Um, I think the move here is that they'll probably get it out there for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before putting it on v P VOD rather quickly, where I think the real money for these smaller films is to be made. Uh, beyond that, Avatar finally got pushed out of the top 10 to number 11, uh, and Cocaine Bear at number 12 lost about 1,000 theaters. Uh, finally, A Man Called Otto also finished its run with 64.2 million domestic, 109.9 million on a budget of 50 million, so just barely break even, probably, but not by much. 
Total box office for the weekend comes in 96.1 million total. This coming weekend starts early on Wednesday with Super Mario Brothers film being the big one to look for. For the three-day uh, Friday through Saturday number, um, box office post has its 73 to 105 million, while the five-day number is set for 102 to 151 million, with worldwide expected to come in north of 225 million. Uh, meanwhile, we also have the Ben Affleck film about Nike called Air from Amazon Studios, also releasing on Wednesday. Its three-day weekend number is forecast to be 8 to 13 million dollars, while the five-day number is looking to be 11 to 16 million. Also releasing this weekend is an Owen Wilson, Bob Ross uh, send-up uh, paint from IFC Films. No forecast for that just yet. Uh, looking overseas, Suzume continues its march to being the seventh anime film to hit 200 million globally ever, hitting 221.1 million globally, coming in now at 90 at the, at the sixth highest grossing anime film of all time. Up next would be uh, House Moving Castle at 236 million. Uh, this was bored by a stranglehold on the, on the Chinese market, making 22.1 million to put its totals to 80.6 million over there. Second place went to Hachiko, a Chinese story about the famous Japanese dog, making 8.9 million. Post Truth came in third for its third weekend, six. 4 million to add to its 85.5 million total, and then Dungeons and Dragons comes in fourth with only 5 million. Riding on the top five is romance film Nobody But You, making 4.3 million. Adam Driver 65 came in at ninth with only $60,000. Coming up in China is a re release from Titanic from this past Monday, expected to make 10 million for its re release. Super Mario comes on Wednesday in China, and then the Japanese film Inuro comes on Friday, as well as some other mid budget China films. We also got confirmation that The Little Mermaid will release in China day and date with the US on May 26th. Also overseas, following up news that they will have their worldwide debut at the Cannes Film Festival, Paramount and Apple TV have set a French release schedule for Kills of the Flower Moon for October 18th, just in line with the U.S. release of the 20th. Uh, notably, this means that it will be subject to the stringent 17-month theatrical window, at, le at least in France, before coming to streaming. This would, however, make it eligible to compete at the Cannes Film Festival, something that other streamers' films, notably Netflix, with Scorsese's previous film, The Irishman, have not done. Apple is also working with Sony on another epic film for this year, Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon, getting a November 22 release date in theaters before its eventual Apple TV release. Things are looking very spicy indeed for this year's death, Oscars death race. And with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. So many ideas for what I should cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at zeal.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Our shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, at the very least tell a friend, any of that helps. Links to all that will be in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com. Intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod and Complimented Flimmers of the I.O. I think for next time, my name is Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Yeah.